Episode 1094, Bond, James Bond, the Pearson era. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Christian, bringing you theology at warp speed. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm Bandy Bono, and we're back for the beginning of the James Bond continuation novels. Wow, I didn't even know you were doing this until you told me a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I just took a look back. We uh, Back in episode 974, we talked about the Fleming era, and those that was the first... How many books was the Fleming era? Do you remember? Uh, I think there's 11 or 12. It's a little confusing because there's short stories in there, so I don't know the exact We released that episode in September 2021, but the last Bond episode in this series, where we call it Bond, James Bond, was episode 987, The Craig Era Part 2, which was from October 2021. So that must have been after we saw No Time to Die. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and maybe before oh, we get I, into the books, should we, we just talk a little bit about where we are almost two years later? Yeah, well, uh, I guess. What, a what little frustrating, I'll be honest. No word on the next Bond? No word on the next Bond. Maybe I'll do a quick check and see what I can find out here. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like the the casting agent has come out and made a few comments and everything, but they don't seem to be in too much of a hurry. And I'll be honest, I, I don't love that. I, I think it's I, I get that the Daniel Craig era was different and uh, really stands out on its own, whether you liked it or not. And and I think we we were both big fans, and I really liked how it ended. And uh, I like No Time to Die a lot, actually. Um, but it it's like James Bond will return in September 2022. Broccoli told Variety magazine. It's going to be a couple of years off. Yeah. So that would technically be next year or 2025 but I th- as a possible yeah. release window. Well, not a release window even, though, because I haven't even cast anything. So I, I I, wish... Like, I understand giving Daniel Craig a year, but it's been a year. I feel like sometime in 2023, we need a casting announcement. Hmm. We need to know who the next Bond is. Uh, uh, you know, it's just... It's time. Do you have any it's guesses time. based on the people that have been out there? No, I mean, all, all sorts of names get thrown around. You still hear Idris Elba sometimes. There's not a chance it will be him because he's in his 50s now at this point. And the, like, I think that there was a comment the casting director made around that uh, it's harder if somebody's you know past 40. That's not exactly how she put it. But it was something along the lines of that Bond should be like in his 30s was essentially the, the long and the short of it. How do you like that? Let me, let me read you a few names. Aaron Taylor Johnson. So I know the name. He was in Godzilla, wasn't he? Yes, and I think he was Beast in First Class, in X-Men First Class. Okay, I, I guess I don't know enough about him. Uh, my criteria, it just has to be British or Scottish. He has to be a he, and in today's day and age, maybe we should specify has to have started a he and still continued to be a he, uh, and has to be British or Scottish. That's it. You, you satisfy those two criteria, I'm happy. All right, well, I'm just going to read a few more. Henry Cavill, would you like to see Henry no, Cavill? No, I, honestly, I don't get the Henry Cavill. He's fine. I have nothing against him. But there's people who just fawn all over Henry Cavill. Ooh, the Witcher. Ooh, Superman. Did you like Witcher, or did you see it or not? No, I played one of the games. What do you think about Richard Madden? He's from uh, Game, of Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Um, 
I can't see it, but that could just be Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So at least based, and I don't really know him for anything else, so I'd, I'd, I'd have to say no. What do you think about Henry Golding? I don't know him. I think he was Snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe movie called Snake oh, Eyes. I miss those. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, I want, it'll be interesting because like, one of the things with Bond I'm sure we've talked about this a little bit, but hey, it's been two years since we've done a Bond episode, so I can repeat myself a bit. But, you know, like there's, I want an, an author who, or, or an actor, author, that'll be relevant here in a few minutes, but an actor who's really able to put their stamp on the character. Like you think of what's made James Bond work now for 60 years. It's that, okay, you had Ian Fleming and he writes his novels and he has his version of Bond. And then you have, you know, every actor's come through and it's like, that's why uh, you can hate uh, Roger Moore. I, I of course love him deeply love him <laughs> too much. <laughs> Maybe too much, but like you can hate the Roger Moore era, but the Roger Moore era is why we still have James Bond because it's like he was able to interpret the character in a way that got it out from under the shadow of Sean Connery, Um, which for as much as I love Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and I think George Lazenby was fine. George Lazenby was not Sean Connery and he he was not Roger Moore. Hey, you know who I like that's on this list of possibilities? Bon, or sorry, John Boyega. I thought you were going to say Bon Jovi. <laughs> bon Jovi. No, John Boyega. <laughs> Is that uh, uh, That's uh, Finn from Star Wars. Um, so I'm going to come out and say, and this is going to be the problem with trying to do the casting guessing game, I'd rather it be somebody who's little known. Okay. Like, I think Daniel Craig had been, uh, he'd been in um, uh, Layer Cake, I think. He'd been in Road to Perdition, but he wasn't a super well-known actor. And I think I'd prefer to have somebody who is sort of in that boat than, you know, that that's part of why I'm averse to Henry Cavill. I think Henry Cavill maybe would be fine if he wasn't Henry Cavill, but Superman and all of mm. this. So, like, no, let, I, I, I want somebody who can just come in and put their own stamp on the character. But one of the interesting things, I think, in terms of evaluating the interpretations of Bond is obviously you have, like, the Roger Moore, you know, little goofier, and you have the Daniel Craig serious, and then you have the Timothy Dalton head up his butt version. And well, I love those ones. I do not love Timothy Dalton. Okay. No, sir. I remember we disagreed on these. Strongly. Uh, but one of the interesting metrics with Bond is like, is Bond a blue kill- a blue collar character or a white collar character? Because on the one hand, he's doing tuxes and he's the suave secret agent, but then on the other hand, he like has this blue collar aspect to him, and it's and he's a brawler and everything. And it's like you can you can kind of chart the different Bonds on a spectrum with that. So, like, on the one hand, the most white-collar Bond, the suavest, poshest, upper-class Bond is Roger Moore, you know? And then right next to him is Pierce Brosnan. Those are the upper-class Bonds. On the other end of the spectrum is Daniel Craig. Like, Daniel Craig, he is never quite comfortable in that world, you know? And then we get more of his background and everything through the movies. And he's a, he's a brawler. And I'd say Sean Connery's a little bit more on that side, too. Um Timothy Dalton is maybe, you know, I think Timothy Dalton is hard to rate with any of this because he just doesn't like, let's like Bond for people who hate Bond, hmm. um, you know, and Lazenby is maybe in the middle. And so it's like, you kind of want to see somebody who can play with that. So what interpreta- interpretation of the character are we going with? You know, if we go with what I want, which is the period piece, 
Uh, I want a more of a white collar, upper class bond with that, like suave sixties type of thing. I don't want to have like gritty, realistic in the sixties. Last note from Broccoli. He said that they're looking for an she, actor. Barbara. Isn't, oh, I thought there was a, um, but there in the beginning there. In it was the beginning, a, but this is he's long oh, dead. Oh, Barbara I, Broccoli since the Pierce Brosnan era has been in charge. I've been reading these quotes picturing the the husband, but this is the wife. No, her husband is involved too, but he's not a broccoli. Wow. I'm way off then. Yeah, you're way off. I've, I got to catch up on my documentaries. Yeah. So Broccoli, she, the she Broccoli, said that they are looking for an actor to be Bond for around 15 years. So Which makes how, sense. How long was Craig? Craig was 2005 to 2021? Yeah. All right. 15, yeah. 16 years. So you think they're, they're probably thinking four or five movies in yeah. there. So they'll have to do on the younger end, right? Yeah. I, I honestly, I wouldn't have been shocked and I still wouldn't be shocked if they backpedal on that and go with an older actor who can be Bond as like a transition Bond for oh, one or two movies. Yeah, okay. Like you somebody well-known, like Ewan McGregor? Yeah, somebody like that transition Bond. If it works, great. If it's not, then, you know, you're not following up Daniel Craig, who's, you know. Yeah. Because you kind of have these, you, you almost need your sacrificial lamb, <laughs> the George Lazenby in there uh, to come through. And, and again, George, Honor Majesty's Secret Service is one of the best Bond movies, so you can still make a great movie. But I, I don't necessarily want to spoil the end just in case yeah, yeah. Of, of the most recent Bond film. But in hindsight, with the whole franchise in mind, was were there any mistakes made with the storytelling? Or do you think it was good just for what it is? <laughs> do you understand what I'm asking? Uh, for the whole franchise? Yeah, like I wonder if it would have been better if they'd made different choices with the story. Well, because maybe we'll have to have an after. Can we? Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. I don't, not sure. I'd one hundred percent see what you're okay. getting at. All right, that's right. But so, I, I would like to see what you're getting at. Right, but I also music. don't want to spoil. So post music, we'll do do that. So, but we're here to talk about the continuation novels. Yeah. So this is after Fleming. After Fleming. So there's actually quite a number of continuation novels uh, after. After Fleming, and I'm not talking about um, novelizations. So the ones we're going to talk about tonight is there's two novels that followed fairly early on from Fleming. So Ian Fleming dies in, gosh, it must have been around 1963 because Man with the Golden Gun came out in 64 and it was unfinished or at least unedited. It's a full story, but it's much shorter. Um, and then. In 1968, so just a few years later, and, and we're fairly early in the Bond film era, um, Kingsley Amiss, who is, I've never read any of his stuff, but he's actually a fairly well-known literary author, releases a novel called Colonel Sun, and then John Pearson, who this na episode is named after for his era, uh, also releases a novel, which is going to be mainly what we talk about, and I want to hold my fire on what that one is for just a second, because... Okay. We'll come back to that, but just to give you a little bit of an idea of the the care of the overview of the continuation novels, um, starting in 1981, then so John Pearson's novel comes out in 73. So you know, kind of a, a a sizable gap before they figured out what they were going to do. So 81, Heart of the Roger Moore era, John Gardner comes along and he writes, uh, gosh, 16 Bond novels. Not counting, he did the novelizations for a few of the movies, and I'm not reading any of the novelizations. I just don't okay. care about novelizations. And so he wrote 16 novels between 81 and 96. So 
through the rest of the Roger Moore era, all the Timothy Dalton era, really right up to, I think, GoldenEye came out in 1996, so right up about there. Uh, starting in 1996, Raymond Benson took over. He wrote through 2002. And then since 2002, there's been a number of different uh, authors who have come along. So 2008, Sebastian Fox wrote a novel called Devil May Care. Jeffrey Deaver, who is a fairly well-known thriller writer, published something in 2001. Uh, Jonathan Cape, who I'm not familiar with. Or actually, nope, sorry, that's the publisher. <laughs> William Boyd wrote a novel in... Um, Oh, let's see, 2013. And then starting in 2015, Anthony Horowitz, I think, has published three uh, up until last year that I believe are, my understanding is that they're, uh, they're they set in the classic Bond era. So all the ones up to that point kind of do what the films did up until Craig, where they okay. just sort of go through as though, you know, we update details. Yeah. But Everything's in continuity with each other up to that point. Um, the Anthony Horowitz ones, and I haven't read any of them yet, so we'll get there. But I know, like, I think his first one is a sequel to Goldfinger. And so they're kind of set oh. right during that era. Okay. And then the most recent Bond novel, which is actually published literally days ago, really? is a novella called On His Majesty's Secret Service to commemorate the coronation of King Charles III. So I'm not sure if that means Anthony Horowitz is done or what that is but that was written by uh charlie is it, Hinkson. Uh, is it new or just re it's new it's okay. a it's a new novel uh, it says so i haven't read it but bond is tasked with foiling an attempt to disrupt the coronation of king charles the third so i the reviews on it are quite bad <laughs> but <laughs> but um that's that so part of why it's taken so long to get to this point is so i'm about I think I'm six books into the John Gardner era right now. Um, but I like listening to these because I'm very picky about what I actually choose time to read. And for as much as I love James Bond, as much as I want to do the continuation novels, very hard for me to take time to actually read yeah. these novels. Uh, so almost all of the John Jonathan Gardner ones are uh, in... Um, on audible except for i think the first two were not so i i had to read those and that took some time and then john pearson's novel which i still have not revealed what it is so we'll we'll get there in just a second was also not on on audible so i listened to uh the kingsley amiss one colonel son and the reason this is not called the amiss era and is the pearson era is it was fine I honestly couldn't tell you a thing about the plot. Like I, I probably wow. read, listened to it a year ago uh, at this point, and I've completely forgotten. It okay. was very forgettable. Uh, you know, I get that he had the unfortunate task of trying to follow up Ian Fleming, and he's doing it in 1968, so you don't really have the sense of uh, who Bond is and what this franchise is. So it's just bland. Mm. Uh, on the other side... Uh, John Gardner's novels, and we'll do a whole episode when I finish listening to them, probably later this year. I mean, I've got 10 more to get through, but they're wow. fairly short. Okay. So, you know, either late this year, early next year. Um, they are serviceable. Okay. Sometimes they're pretty good. Sometimes they're blah. There's an early one where Bond's 
dealing with computers. It's like, Whoa. oh, computers, how do they work? And it's like very much a, a fragment of its era where uh, the, the John Gardner clearly knew nothing about computers. There were these mystical beings. And so there's, he has a few, few of his early ones are very, very dumb. I've actually liked the last few quite a bit, uh, but they're fine. Like he's, if you just want somebody to kind of imitate Ian Fleming without being as good, John Gardner's <laughs> your guy. You know, so they're they're very serviceable, Bond, enjoyable. But if you don't read any of them, um, you're you're not necessarily missing out anything. And then in between Kingsley and Miss uh, comes the the book that I do want to talk about some tonight uh, by John Pearson. I've been calling it a novel, and I guess it is, but it's not quite what you'd expect. So the title is James Bond: colon, The Authorized Biography of 007. Okay. And at first, I honestly thought of sk- skipping this. Yeah. Because I was like, that sounds dumb. Like, what is this just going to be? Here, James Bond was born on blah, blah, blah. And then it's going to be a bunch of nonsense leading up to him eventually joining the double O section. That's not what this novel is. I mean, it kind of is in places. Like, those elements are there. But it starts out with John Pearson is a character in his own novel who gets in touch with James Bond, who's living in retirement in Jamaica with Honeychild Ryder, who's the Bond girl from Dr. No. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the setup. And so he convinces Bond to start talking to him about his life story. But it, it gets really wild because then you have all the things that you would expect of like, here's Bond's early life. Here's Bond serving in the military because, of course, he has he's a commander uh, canonically mm-hmm. um, in World War, one of the World Wars. Uh, I think it must be World War Two, just based on uh, where we're at in the timeline. And so he has, you know, you have all of that. And then it kind of goes through his training and everything. But the reason why this novel stands out as just like, that was bold and you pulled it off is not only is John Pearson a character in the novel, so is Ian Fleming. Okay. So Ian Fleming is actually a character in this novel, as are all of the Bond novels. So this novel takes place, The part of the conceit of it is that the Bond books and movies exist in the world that John Pearson is writing. This in. sounds awesome. I'm gonna check. I'm, it's I gotta totally see if, wild. I gotta see if my library has it. There's like an old audiobook version I found on eBay, but I couldn't find it anywhere to download. Okay, uh, it's totally awesome. So he he does this. He introduces Ian Fleming as a character, and very early on in the novel, in the history, Ian Fleming and Bond are serving together and become friends during World War II. Which actually kind of fits to the extent that Ian Fleming served in World War II and James Bond is his alter ego to one extent or another. So you set up that whole dynamic and you're like, okay, where is this going? And how do we how do we get there? Uh, and so eventually as the novel goes on, and I know I'm spoiling things, but it's just, it's too, A, it's going to be hard to find unless you actually want to sit down and so read saying- it. So it's it's you could only find it written. You can't find an audiobook. Yeah, okay. An audiobook does exist. Okay, I know that, but I couldn't find it's it. It's called anymore. Authorized James Bond: The Authorized Biography of 007. Okay, 
And if you do want to read it, it's available on Kindle and everything. It's it's in print, but it's okay. just the audiobook is is not available. And I wanted to listen to it because it was taking me a very long time because I was reading other things at the time. So you know, it goes on, and eventually you get to the point where Bond's cover is blown, and as is documented in. Uh, the Ian Fleming novels, Smirsh, who is the stand-in for Spectre, or Spectre's the stand-in for Smirsh in the movie. Spectre comes about in the novels, too, but like From Russia with Love and some of those early novels deal with Smirsh, which is a real KGB uh, division. I'm probably saying that technically wrong, but I'm in the ballpark, uh, so we'll roll with it. So they're trying to kill Bond. So Bond's covered is blown. You know, the the Russians want to kill him. They have a warrant out for his head. So M, who is also a character in the novel, of course, and is friends with Ian Fleming, uh, he and Fleming concoct a scheme where they're going to try and convince the world that James Bond is a fictional character, even though he's not. This is pretty awesome. So they, they get Ian Fleming to write Casino Royale, which is a real case that the fictional... So real in the sense of quotes yeah. it's real in this world but then ian fleming writes a fictional book about it that becomes a bestseller to turn james bond into a fictional yes. character this is awesome so okay so so we start out with that and like that's very amusing and then uh in terms of bond live and let die is the second bond novel that's also because you kind of get into the rhythm of the novel and the set of, of john pearson's novel like we, this is inception level so i got to okay. keep track of what level of the dream are we in here so within john pearson's book you know we kind of get to the part where it's like okay we're going to go through here's bond writing you know what do, th this novel was based on so we get to live and let die and that's based on a case that john pearson's fictional james bond real james bond did and then ian fleming fictionalizes within the novel so if you're not tracking just <laughs> rewind and listen to that a few times it'll eventually make sense then we get to moonraker which is the third james bond novel and this is where like i just wanted to stand up and cheer john pearson because this one's fake this one's totally fake because uh ian fleming then is tasked to make bond like what if somebody starts to catch on that these are real cases? So that interspersed with Ian Fleming writing about Bond's real cases to turn him into a fictional character, he totally invents Moonraker along the way. Which, and if you've never, if you've only seen the movie, the, yeah. the book is totally different and is actually one of the best Bond novels. It's, okay. it's terrific. It's absolutely terrific. But he invents Moonraker out of whole cloth, and then we continue on in the subsequent Bond novels actually happened and so it's this whole this is like 1973 again this it's this great. whole like meta fictional thing that john pearson creates and then it's towards the end of the novel that he starts talking about then the film started to be released i'm like i can't believe you're getting away with this this is incredible so sean connery as an actor playing james bond based on ian fleming's book which is based on a real person named james bond is canon in this john pearson novel how did they get the right so like this is probably why we can't find the audiobook they probably aren't allowed to talk about all these real people i don't know but it's it's incredible yeah. it's absolutely incredible that this he pulls be this an, off this should be their in-between movie oh <laughs> this should be a hundred percent yeah make a movie off of this yes. where all the movies are actual, actually yes. actually real oh it's incredible so you know it I think I still only gave it four stars because it's like it's not the most greatest novel of anything, but man, it, 
it is after Colonel Sun, which was fine, fine, and the John Gardner ones, which are enjoyable, but fine, that right in the middle, we have John Pearson just drop this absolute insane book that's yeah. unlike anything else in the entire James Bond canon. You're talking movies. Think of all the crazy things that, yeah. that James Bond has been over the last 70 years. Novels, movies, comic books, video games. John Pearson's authorized biography stands alone as a bit of metafictional insanity. Wow, so it's recommend. incredible. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Is this a hit the music type Hit moment? the music. Wow. That's... Then we have to come back to what... So we're going to spoil No I, Time to Die. I want to read this. Like You sold it so well. I almost am thinking, should I pick this up and just read it? Yeah, and then like you start I, out... I got to find an audio You know, the first third of the novel, half of the novel, you're just like, oh, okay, this is what I'd expect by a fake biography. And then it just goes off the rails in the best way oh, possible. That is awesome. I wish they would do an audiobook. I looked also. It's very... Well, that's very hard. I'm unable to find an audiobook anywhere. Uh, and I looked hard enough to know it does exist. It's just not available anywhere. Man, oh man, this sounds great. Well, listeners, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm Vandy Vono. And we're the Sci-Fi Christian signing off. Right, goodbye. But it'll be pretty easy to get the book if I ever do want to just read it. Yeah. All right. I was. So we're going to s- spoil No Time to Die. Yeah, so stop listening if you haven't watched that movie yet. And if you so, haven't watched it, you should. And if you have watched it, you know that there actually was time to die, and it was yes. at the end of the movie for so, James Bond. That's basically what I want to ask. Do you think part of the problem is they, they have been just continuing on? There's uh, minimal but still there continuity between the the movies, even including M being all of a sudden in these Daniel Craig movies, even though in a sense Daniel Craig's first movie, Casino Royale, was like a Batman Begins story. Yeah, and that's yeah. where that's where I was... I wanted to talk about it here because I thought that might be what you were getting. Yeah, at. so I'm, I guess what I want to ask is, should they not have killed him? Like, are they having such a big problem because they told a, a nice story with just the Daniel Craig movies? And how are you going to continue the continuity that you had with who was a Pierce Brosnan right before him? So I know that it's confusing because Judy Dench carries over. Yeah, but there's no continuity from everything up through. But you have M and Q. It doesn't matter. Wait, do you have Q? Nope, you don't have okay. Q. Well, I mean, you have the character, but yeah. new Q. So you have to think of it as though M, Judy Dench's M is just a new version of that character. Okay. The, the Daniel Craig movies have no continuity relationship to the rest of the James Bond movies. So could you see a world, and this might be way out there, but could you see a world where the next set of Bond movies continues on from Pierce Brosnan's Bond movies? Yeah, I mean, it'd be a little confusing, but... Why not? I mean, there's all sorts of things they could do. I, I still might. Oh, what if they bring back Pierce Brosnan for like one movie? I mean, just that would to, be another like. Just a restart. Why just not? to kind of clean, clean the palette. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan, okay, now you're back into this world. I mean, I, I wouldn't hate that for the reasons I said earlier that I, I do think you kind of need that palette cleanser after your seminal bonds. Like, you know, uh, Roger Moore needed Lazenby and, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pierce Brosnan needed Timothy Dalton, and Daniel Craig needed Die Another Day, which effectively killed uh, Pierce Brosnan. But I wouldn't hate that because Pierce Brosnan deserved better movies than mm-hmm. he got. What if they brought Pierce Brosnan back to be Bond and Timothy Dalton back to be the villain? <laughs> that would be I don't know how they would Timothy do it. Timothy Dalton is a great villain. Yes. Uh, I don't know how they would yeah. do it. They'd have to give into this Bond as a code name, which you hate, I know. But oh, no, they couldn't do that. I know. They just have to ignore the fact that Timothy Dalton was pretty So Actually, and here's an episode idea. I was thinking, and and I don't know if I have enough for it to be an episode, but I was thinking of 
the fan theories that make me the angriest, mm-hmm. like just the dumbest, and and the Bond as a code name is definitely on that list. You know, now that awful, now that people like the multiverse, I'm not saying they're going to do James Bond multiverse, but because there we live in a world where people love seeing three Spider Men in one movie. All, all of a sudden, seeing a movie starring Pierce Brosnan featuring Timothy Dalton as a, a different character who is the villain. Yeah. I mean, this almost seems like a likelihood rather than just like a what if. I, I don't think it will happen because I, I do think Barbara Broccoli's not... She's flawed in, in her stewardship in some ways, but I don't I don't see them pulling out a gimmick like that. But in other hands, it would. I mean, you know, and I've ranted about AI so much, but if AI can... Uh, Resurrect Roger Moore for one more go. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is alive? George George Lason be still alive? I is he? He's still alive. He's out there. Yeah. Sean Connery's still alive. No, he's not. What? When did he die? Like three years ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I was thinking about Sean Connery too the other day. This is just after credits tangents. So if you're still around, it's just for the tangents. You know, Sean Connery. Did you you watch the Hitchcock movie Marnie? Oh, I hated it. Yeah, and you know one of the the funny horrible things about that movie is sean connery trying and failing to do an american Mm -hmm. accent sometime after that movie the world just collectively decided that sean connery will just speak in his accent so like hunt for red october he's played a russian sub driver he sounds like sean connery highlander he's played a a spaniard sounds like sean connery it's like it doesn't like there's just a point where we're like sean connery could just be himself and we'll, we'll all roll with it i love it all right. Well, th- that's my prediction. I actually think this is happening. The next James Bond movie will be like a Spider-Man No Way Home, but a little more grounded, not multiverse. They're just going to bring back these people and it'll be a palate cleanser. I'm I'm thinking one movie with all these past faces I, and then a new I, series I, I, starts. I don't think there's any chance that, that will happen. That's 100% happening. And maybe they'll even feature... I appreciate the uh, confidence, though. No, I, I see it. And I maybe they'll feature... I don't know if this is the right choice after everything I've said. Maybe they'll feature the new Bond at the very end or something. Oh, that would be awful. So I, there's, I don't hate everything about your idea. I would hate it if it was a multiverse. That would yeah, actually, I don't, that would make me physically angry. They won't do that. I don't. I would hate if they had the, the new Bond appear for some stupid passing of the torch. But I don't hate the idea of bringing Pierce Brosnan back okay. for a movie. But it's not going to happen. Is Judy Dench still alive? <laughs> yes. Okay, so she's M. You got Pierce Brosnan back. George Lazenby is now Q. How confusing would that be for Judy Dench's M, though? Like, <laughs> no. she not only carried over her, but then she dies in Skyfall. But she didn't die in Pierce Brosnan's. Wait, isn't, uh, is John Cleese, what's his name? John Cleese? Yeah, is he still alive? Yeah. Uh, he could be Q again. He could. I want George Lazenby to be sort of a, a funny character, like Q in training, maybe. He's really old. All right, we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe he could be, uh, Timothy Dalton's henchman. I, I don't know if George Lazenby has the, the the fondest memories of Bond. I know. This is his chance. To, to redeem himself. Yeah, the, the, he can be the henchman. Yeah, no. AI, AI Roger Moore. I'm throwing all my morals and convictions right. out the window for that. All right, listeners. That's it. Goodbye. Goodbye.